Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. I just want to welcome the people on the internet, watching in the internet, and the people here. And I want to invite you to stand as well. God desires that we call upon his name. He says, if, I, if you call on me, I will answer. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. And I, I just believe he wants to pour his spirit out on his people this morning. He wants his anointing to fall. He wants us to receive the refreshing, life-giving love that comes by his spirit. So as we stand in his presence, just lift up your hands. And I want, to picture, want you to picture a waterfall coming from the river of God. And there's a waterfall. And I want you to picture walking into it. As you walk closer, you can feel the, the drops of water. You can feel it on your face. And it's a little bit cold. And you step in a little bit deeper. And you can feel it washing and cleaning and cleansing, refreshing, healing. We just drink of you this morning, Lord. Thank you that we can drink of you, Lord. That you have made your spirit available to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, blessed Father. Hallelujah. And he says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will bring life to your bodies, your bodies that are busy dying. So we speak healing now, healing in the name of Jesus to those who need it. Healing of broken hearts in the name of Jesus, by the power of his spirit. And to the weary and the tired, we speak refreshment, new life, new hope, living water in the name of Jesus. We speak a new beginning in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God and blessed be his name. Amen. Uh, our God is good. Our God is good. Sometimes we, 
we get to the end of ourselves and we don't know what to do anymore. We face the challenges of life and relationships and, and we just don't know what to do. And at the end of ourselves, we find Jesus just waiting, saying, come, invite me. Let, let me come help you. At the end of ourselves, Jesus is there waiting to carry us, waiting to take us forward. Hmm. It's such a privilege. We sang that song, I am a child of God. What a privilege to call yourself a child of God. Um, yeah. There's people right now in places in the world that are suffering great persecution. I think of our brothers and sisters who might be Christian in Ukraine or maybe northern Mozambique or wherever they may find themselves suffering great persecution. And in the middle of it, there's Jesus. In the middle of it, there's Jesus giving them hope, sustaining them. I saw an awesome picture on the news with all the, the, the war going on in Ukraine. And in the snow and the sleet and the rain, there's a, 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 a priest, an orthodox priest. And he's standing in the rain and he's praying for his country. And he's blessing his country and he's calling on the name of his God. He's a child, he's a son of the Most High God. And, that, and we get that responsibility as well, to pray and call on the name of our Lord on behalf of our brothers and sisters in this country. Now, sorry, I get a bit emotional. Forgive me. Jesus has, so if you don't, it's your problem. The, um, so this past week uh, um, uh, uh, in Israel uh, and our Jewish brothers and sisters, they don't all know Jesus yet, but some of them will soon. Many of them do already. But they've been celebrating the Feast of Purim. I don't know if I pronounce it right. Purim. So during the Feast of Purim on the 16th and 17th of March, they're celebrating the story of Esther, Esther and Mordecai. Who of you know that story? Esther and Mordecai. The... Um, it's a real thing. It happened. It's not, a, it's not speculation. The, uh, um, it's history. The, uh, and God undertook for them. And we're going to talk a bit about what happened there. But before we do, we're going to read from Psalm 46. My words are nice, but God's word is better. Um, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. Not the pastor, not the church, not the headmaster, not your boss, not the president. God is our refuge and strength. He is the place we hide. He is the place we run to. 
He is a very present help in trouble. Very present help, it means he's always there. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Therefore we will not fear. It's a choice. Why will we not fear? Go back to verse 1 for me. We will not fear. Go back to verse 1, please. Because God is our refuge and strength. We choose not to fear when the mountains shake and get thrown in the sea because God is our refuge and strength. Because he is a very present help in time of need, in trouble. When our children, for the parents, when our children are having a rough time, when they're going through some stuff, we will not fear because our God is our refuge and our strength. You can go back to verse 3. Though the waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with its swelling, still we won't fear. Verse 4. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of our God. There's a river. Revelation talks about a river flowing from the throne of God. Who is the city on a hill? We are. Through the next few verses, I want you to read what this river means to us. So this river will make glad us, the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Where did God choose to make his tabernacle? He says he tabernacles with us. The river of God makes us glad even in the holy place, the table of the most high God. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God is in our presence. We will not be moved. We can choose to believe it, or we can choose not to believe it. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. When does he help her? In the middle of the night? There's a time. At the break of dawn he comes. Sometimes we go through a night, and we're going to read why just now. We have to go through a time of darkness, but it's okay because our deliverer is coming. Dawn is on its way. Whoops. <laughs> the king is coming. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. Isn't that what's happening in the world now? Russia is raging and China is moving and America is... And he uttered his voice. The earth melted. You think you got problems. Have you seen the mountains move and the earth melt yet? That's when you got problems. Verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts. The host of heaven, the armies of heaven. One angel slew 185,000 people on one night. How much can the host of heaven do? And he is their Lord. And they, they do his every bidding. Verse 8. Come behold the works of the Lord. Come look. Who has made desolations in the earth? He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. One of my favorite verses, verse 10. Next one. Be still and know that I am God. The verses before, he's talking about war, about chariots and bows and bombs. And, and he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Not maybe, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts, verse 11, is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us. Whatever you're going through, he's with you. The God of Jacob is our safe place. It's so easy to lose sight of what's, who we are and who God is in us. If we're really children of God, do we need to fear what happens to us? If the mountains shake and the earth quakes? Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, we win. But sometimes the issues of life, we get caught up in the issues and the pain of life. And in those things, God is purifying us. In those things, he wants to show himself wonderful. He wants to show himself glorious in the middle of those things. We, he says, let your light so shine before men. In the middle of those things, in the middle of the darkness, God wants our light to shine. In the middle of the darkness of this world, we are children of hope. We are children of God. And, and the story of Esther and Mordecai reminds us of that. The, uh, um, so, uh, uh, who, who, most of us know the story. So the Jews get, uh, um, and Judah and Israel gets destroyed by the Babylonians, and most of the Jewish people get taken captive into Babylon. And they're there for quite a while. And the Babylonian kingdom becomes the Persian kingdom. The Persian kingdom was probably the biggest kingdom, empire ever to rule the earth. It extended from Italy and Spain all the way through North Africa, all the way to India. That whole place was under the authority of one king. The, uh, um, and that's the king they talk about in the book of Esther. And he's having a party one day for his, his people. 
and they're having a good time, and he wants to brag about his wife. And because he's, he's got an awesome wife, Queen Vashti, awesome wife. And he calls her. But Queen Vashti had a bit of a chip on the shoulder. She had a bit of an attitude. And he sent his servants to call her and she said, no, I'm not coming. She was arrogant because she's the queen. She's the queen of the greatest kingdom the world has ever known. She was arrogant. She was presumptuous. She assumed she, she can be someone. And she didn't realize she is subject to a greater authority. Maybe, yeah. So she loses. She's banished from the presence of the king. Never again was she allowed to, to enter the presence of the king. The, uh, as a warning to all all the land and she's banished and so the king has to choose a new queen and so they come up with this plan and they go throughout this empire and they choose beautiful young women for the king so imagine some soldiers arriving at your door one day knock 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 we hear you have a pretty daughter we're taking her. You don't know where. You don't know what, but they're taking her. And that's what happened to Mordecai. They took Esther. Esther was his cousin who he raised because her mother and father had died. She was an orphan. She had to be raised by her cousin. So Mordecai couldn't be too much older than what she was. The, um, so they took this young woman, uh, uh, Esther, uh, um, and took her captive, together with probably a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand other young women. Who of you have ever been captive? Dragged away, a slave of someone else. She was already a slave. She was already a captive of Babylon. Mordecai as well. They couldn't go where they wanted to go. They were subject to masters over them. They were Jews. And now even the captive that was captive is taken captive again. I'm sure she had some issues. She must have been very, very beautiful and very pretty. But she, I think she came with some baggage. Lost her parents, rejected. The rest of her family didn't want to care for her. Mordecai ended up caring for her. And there, with all of this, she's taken away. But there was something special about this young woman. She had a heart of excellence. Even though she was taken captive, she decided to do her best. And she was faithful. And um, the Bible says that those who were in authority over her preferred her above the, the rest. And they, gave, they promoted her. So pick, pick, it's almost like a story of Joseph. Remember Joseph gets thrown in the well. Then he's taken uh, as a slave. He's washing floors for Potiphar. The, and he's so good at what he does. He's, he's such a heart of service. 
He's just laying down his life for his master, doing his best. And in doing his best, his God gets glory. They recognize his religion. They see him. This guy's different. And they promote him, not because of his religion, but his, his service to his God forces him to try harder, to work harder, to be more faithful, to not give up. Soon he's the head of Potiphar's house. Then he, we know the story. The, the, the second in charge in Egypt. And he has Esther doing exactly the same thing. In the middle of her captivity, in the middle, middle of her trials, she's doing her best. We all have excuses. Oh, I'm tired. How long is this going to go on for? Oh, no, not again. Oh, they promoted that one again above me. The potholes and the government and this. And, and we can complain and complain. She could complain. But instead, she put her head down and she honored her God by being faithful. I don't know what the Bible doesn't talk too much about what she did. The, the, but she was faithful where she was. And I want to encourage you to be faithful. Do your best where you're at. It's hard. No one says it is easy. Nowhere in the Bible does it say it is easy. It says when you endure various trials. Endure various trials. He says be glad. So she's taken captive and for one year... She is being purified. She's, she has to bath in these perfumes and these oils and these creams. For a year, she is held captive in quite a nice palace, by the way. So it wasn't like the worst place to be. But she's being purified for a year. Isn't that sometimes what our trials are like? We want to push against them, but God is using them. He's using them to purify us, make us stronger. After a year of bathing in this perfume and these oils, my, my, my bad joke brain goes crazy. But imagine what she smelt like. She doesn't even have to bath for two days because she, you can still smell the perfume. It oozes out of her. For a year, she had to prepare before she comes into the presence of the king. And this was an earthly king. How pure do we have to be? How prepared do we have to be before we come into the presence of the king of kings? I know I can't do that. My righteousness, my purity is just not enough. But by the king's grace, he's given us another. And he says, I will judge your purity by the purity of another. I will judge your sacrifice by the sacrifice of another. Jesus is his name. In the place in the Bible, he says, um, to some you are the fragrance of death and to some the fragrance of life. The, the, we can be a fragrance not because of what we've done, because of what Jesus does in us and through us, because of the Spirit of God in us. Esther became this fragrance. 
but she had to endure some stuff. Having to bath in perfumed oils every day. Can you? It doesn't sound that bad, but I, I suppose when your heart is for your cousin, for Mordecai, every day Mordecai used to walk outside the, the palace and pace, the Bible says, up and down, wondering what's happening with Esther, his cousin. He treated her like his daughter. The, um, and so while he's busy pacing, there comes a guy. He's, a, he's probably number two or number three in charge of the kingdom. And everybody had to bow before this guy. And Mordecai doesn't. Mordecai's also got a chip on his shoulder. He don't bow for no man, only the one true God. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. But he refused to bow before Haman. The, now, we teach honor in this church. It's good to honor people. And we give honor to God and we give honor to one another. But we don't give honor at the expense of God. We don't give honor or more honor to it. And we do that sometimes in the church. Sometimes we give more honor to the pastor than we do to Jesus. We give more honor to our children than we do to God. We give more honor to our job than, and I'm speaking to myself. You refuse to give the greater honor to Haman. And Haman hated it. The world hates it. So he devises a plan. Not just is he going to kill Mordecai, he's going to wipe out all the Jews. And an edict is written, and the king approves it. All Jews are going to be killed on a particular day. Next week, the attack is coming on South Africa, and the whole nation is going to be wiped out. And I don't know, I'm, I'm making a story, it's not true. But imagine knowing your fate. Knowing that on this day, someone's coming. They're going to take everything from you. They're going to do with you what they want, probably kill you. And you can do nothing. You're not allowed to fight back. You can't fight back. You fight back, they shoot you anyway. I don't know how you deal with that. But the Word teaches us that there was a great... Um, move amongst the Jews and they started praying and fasting and they called on the name of their Lord and Mordecai says to Esther go talk to the king now Esther's not allowed in the presence of the king unless he calls her if she goes into his presence and he doesn't feel like talking to her she loses her life So she says to Mordecai, you pray and fast. I'm going to prepare. And she goes and talks. To, she goes, she stands outside the throne room. And the king sees her and he signals for her to come. And she, and, and she, and she survives. At, if, if it is Queen Vasti, she'd be dead. The, the, but there was something in this young woman that the king liked. And I think it wasn't just her beauty. There was an inner beauty. There was a faithfulness. There was a heart of service. There was a, 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 the fruit of the Spirit manifesting. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. 
like beautiful ornaments. The, uh, and he invites her in. And the rest of the story, uh, um, the king makes a new edict. He can't go back. He can't change his word. So now he makes an edict and he says uh, uh, um, uh, uh, that the Jews can protect themselves. On this day, they're allowed to protect themselves. So if someone comes against them, they can stand up, protect themselves. The day comes and the Jews wipe out the enemies. The Bible says some people even became Jewish because they were scared of the Jews. The, the, um, because the Jews now had the right to take the first punch. The point is, Mordecai and, and Esther had lots of reasons to complain. Lots of reasons to oh, be filled with fear. Lots of reasons to give up. But they chose not to. They chose to stay where they were. Uh, there's a scripture in Acts. When, when, when Jesus appears to Paul, he says, Paul, why are you kicking against the goads? That means, why are you kicking against the, the, the restraints? It's like the call of God on, on Paul's heart. He, he was kicking against this call on his life. And he's fighting. Uh, instead, and he's, stop kicking against the goads. Stop complaining about where you're at. And just do your best where you're at. Pray about it. Call on the name of the Lord. Before the story began, God had planned it out. Before Mordecai and Esther were taken captive, I don't know if they were born in Persia or born in Israel or Judah, um, but before then, God had planned this out. And he was just waiting for a time. You know, we speak of Esther. She was, uh, Mordecai says of her, he says, you, maybe you were born for a time such as this. But maybe God was waiting for Mordecai and Esther to fulfill his plan. It, it, maybe it was less Esther standing up and more Esther being obedient and, and just doing the right thing, fulfilling God's plan. God doesn't have a plan B for your life. I was reminded of that this morning in Ephesians chapter 1. And before the foundation of the earth, God called us unto good works. While we were worshiping, I heard this thundering noise in my heart. Like, it is almost like a vision of God's calling our names. And as, as, as he thundered out his name, our, our name, my name, your name, nothing could stand against that. The devil could push, but that call went out. It ain't coming back. He says, my word will not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I've set before it. So God had this plan, but it required Mordecai and Esther to be obedient, to, to go with the flow and to be who they needed to be. Who is Esther? She spent the last year bathing in perfume. She was not a warrior for the nation, but she was. 
And the only reason she was was because she believed in who her God was. Maybe while she was growing up, she was reading this Psalm 46. And she's saying, my God is my refuge and my strength. My very present help in time of trouble. What would have happened if Esther didn't go to the king? We don't know. It re- Esther and Mordecai could have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. But it required obedience from them as well. For God's plan to make manifest. So I want, I, I want to challenge you also to... It's not... It's not it, it's good to pray and call on the name of God. He waits and longs for us to call on His name. He says, my eyes go to and fro across the earth, uh, uh, seeking on whose behalf He can show Himself mighty. He wants us to call on Him. But we also have a part to play. We also have to be obedient. We have to choose not to fear. We have to choose to believe. God, God, God showed me a while ago, I went through some stuff, and, and he says we've got to run to the, to the strong tower. So pretend you're working in a field, and there's the tower over there, the watchtower, just made of stone. And while I'm working, there's dangers coming, and sometimes we've got to run to him. We sing about I don't know how that song goes. We sing about it, running to God. We've got to run to him. They had to run to him. They, they, they prayed and fasted, but they were obedient. And, yeah. In Afrikaans, they say, die slot som is. The moral of the story, the, the conclusion of the story. Call on the name of the Lord. Don't kick against the goads. Don't fight and complain about the situation you're in. If we took that same energy in complaining and we applied that to just doing our best in that situation, honoring God in that situation, his blessing comes. His blessing comes. Honor God in that situation. Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst. (laughs) To hunger and thirst means you have to be hungry and thirsty. Those who are going through stuff that they they haven't got drink to drink and food to eat. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake shall be filled. In this life, we've got to go through some stuff. God is preparing us and purifying us. He wants the fragrance of our lives to be a blessing to others. Allow him to do that. I did some stupid stuff. The, uh, um, I was at the airport coming back from a trip. And at the airport, you need a PCR test. I didn't have my PCR test. I did check and where I checked, I checked wrong. I did a, I did a test the previous day, a uh, self-test. The, uh, um, and I took a photo of it. And I went to the lady. I said, look, I've done a test. I'm negative. I did it this morning. I lied. I did it the previous day. 
The words were out my mouth. And it's like, God, what have I done? I'm sorry, Lord. And you know what the grace of God is? If you repent, he'll forgive you. I'm forgiven. I told a lie and now I'm forgiven. I'm made clean as though I'd never done that before by his grace. And we can all start over. Each day his mercy is new. We can start over. And I I just want to take a minute for us to repent, to ask God for forgiveness for complaining and for fighting and kicking against the the goads all the time instead of trying to honor him in the moment, in the place where we're at. Can we do that? Let's just close our eyes a bit. Just picture that situation in your heart. Picture the anger and the hopelessness and the, how you feel. And just in your heart, just ask God, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive us. And we thank you, Lord, for the washing of your word. For your spirit of life that comes and washes us clean. And we ask, Lord, for a greater measure of the power of your spirit in our lives, Lord. That we would honor you and bless you where we are. In this very situation we're in, Lord, we, we declare this morning, we will honor you. And Lord, we know that we are weak, but you are strong. And we ask that you would come and make us strong in this situation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.